0: Growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. All religions have
1: their belief systems about what happens after death, about heaven and hell and judgment and eternity and all that. All religions, including Christianity, have their belief systems. If what you believed weren't true, would you want to know? Because I sure would.
0: If the cross is the place where salvation was purchased, the empty tomb is the place where salvation was proved. Last week on Palm Sunday, we looked at Calvary. It's the place where Jesus paid the sin debt for all who would put their trust in him. But it wasn't until three days later that Jesus' followers discovered the victory that Jesus' sacrifice brought. Oh, devil, big talker three
1: days ago. What you got to say now? Dead man walking here. The world was changed as a result of it.
0: Hello and welcome to a special Easter Sunday edition of Crosswalk. Every Sunday, in fact every day, should be a celebration of the resurrection for followers of Jesus. But Easter Sunday is a special time to focus on the reality that the tomb was empty 2,000 years ago. As Pastor Clay is going to tell us today, men have been trying to explain away the empty tomb since the day it happened. But, as you'll hear today, everything hinges on the resurrection. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then Christianity is a sham, and Jesus is just another religious leader among the many there have been throughout history.
1: Case closed. Let's go home. Let's find something else to do, because all of this is a sham if Jesus Christ did not literally, physically, bodily rise from the dead on the third day. So if it's not true, man, I'd want to know that, actually.
0: But as we'll discuss today, the evidence is overwhelming, and the empty tomb is a reality. And the reality of the resurrection has implications for all of our lives. We're glad you've joined us today as we reflect on the glorious good news that three days after the cross, there was a dead man walking. Now here's Pastor Clay. I lead you to the
1: cross. If what you believed weren't true, if it was not true. Would you want to know? Would you want to know that what you believed was not true? I, I first heard that question put that way years ago in a, an evangelism strategy or program that, uh, that I had learned and the church had, had learned. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of, of what is sometimes referred to as, as canned Gospel presentations, but I've always thought that that question uh, is a very intriguing question, and and it can or uh, should be uh, an an entry point into uh, finding out where a person is. To begin with that question, if what you believe weren't true, would you want to know? Now, in one sense, the answer to that question seems so obvious. If you had cancer. And didn't believe you did, I'm pretty sure you'd want to know. Or if you didn't have cancer and believed that you did, I'm pretty sure you'd want to know. If you thought your job was secure, if you believed that your job was secure but it actually wasn't, would you want to know? If your teenager is sneaking out their window at night when you believe that they're sound asleep in bed, would you want to know? They wouldn't want you to know, but I'm pretty sure you'd want to know that they're sneaking out the window. If what you believe weren't true, would you want to know? It it seems like an obvious answer to that, and yet I'm here to tell you, you'd be surprised at how many people uh, would say to you, particularly about spiritual matters, no, if what I believe isn't true, I don't want to know. That may seem strange to you, but I've actually had people tell me that before when I've asked them that question. I've actually had people say, when we've discussed a spiritual perspective and what you believe about this or that. or And I've actually had people say to me, no, if what I believe is not true, I wouldn't want to know. Listen, no offense. Maybe that's your position, but no offense to you. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking, that's like... That's like uh, driving a Ford, okay? And I drive a Ford so I can pick on Fords. That's like driving a Ford and finding out or hearing that there's some sort of uh, malfunction with the starter and that uh, for some Fords, randomly, when you turn the ignition, it explodes. That's, that's like saying, no, I, I don't, I don't want to know that. I, I'm, a, I'm a Ford guy. Atheists believe there is no God. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no judgment, there is no eternity, there is simply this life, and when this life is over, that's it, that's, 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 that's all there is. Okay, but if what you believed weren't true, would you want to know? All religions of the world, including Christianity, have their belief systems about spiritual matters, about what happens after death, about... ...heaven and hell and and judgment and eternity and all that... ...all religions, including Christianity, have their belief systems. If what you believed weren't true, would you want to know? Because I sure would. I I was out mowing my lawn Friday... ...and a a neighbor stopped by who was out walking his dog. And he's he's a great guy. He's a a good guy. He's not a follower of Jesus... And he knows that I'm a pastor, and he stopped by, and he's actually, uh, he's Jewish, he was raised Orthodox, raised in Orthodox Judaism. And he knows I'm a pastor, and so in the midst of the conversation, he said, well, I guess it's going to be a busy weekend for you. And that that opened the door for just to begin a discussion about what it is that I believe uh, about this weekend, about this this first day of the week, this particular Sunday, about This discussion is able to engage about uh, uh, who Jesus Christ claimed to be, who uh, the church historically has believed him to be, who I believed him to be. And I made this statement uh, to uh, my neighbor. I, I said to him, I said, everything, I said, for Christianity, everything rises or falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and I said this to him, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, case closed, let's go home, let's find something else to do, because all of this is a sham if Jesus Christ did not literally, physically, bodily rise from the dead on the third day. So if it's not true, man, I'd, I'd want to know that, actually. And if what you believe is not true, I'd hope you'd want to know whether it is or it isn't. I'm not, not here to... Uh, Cast dispersion on whatever your belief system might be. By the way, if you say, well, I don't believe in anything, that's your belief system. Your belief in nothing is your belief system. I'm not here to cast dispersion on your belief system. I'm, I'm just here to present to you what I believe is the truth. As it's been presented to me and to millions of others through the years and as I believe has been proven to be true. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28 today. If you brought a copy of God's Word, maybe a hard copy, maybe an electronic version, maybe it's on your phone, but I would encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to walk through that text and we're going to look at some, uh, some individuals connected to this resurrection story. Last week we looked at the cross. In fact, we looked at the three crosses of Calvary. Uh, this week we're, we're moving ahead three days, if you will. I'm so glad you're here today. I really appreciate it. Y'all with me? Y'all Okay. If what you believed weren't true, would you want to know? I'm going to start uh, with, the, with this idea uh, this morning. The women went to see a dead man. One of the things I want to establish this morning uh, is this idea that, that Jesus was dead. The women went to see a dead man. Verse 1 of Matthew 28, it says this. It says, Now after the Sabbath, after it began to dawn... Toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. Uh, As we just read, Matthew records that Mary Magdalene and another Mary went to uh, the grave that morning. uh, Mark records that there were some other women that also went to the grave that morning. Now, that does not mean that one is right and one is wrong. As any Police investigator will tell you that multiple eyewitnesses will always have a perspective that is slightly different from the perspective of some other eyewitness. And they will present that as they experienced it. There is no uh, contradiction. Now, it would be a contradiction if, if Matthew said only Mary Magdalene and some other Mary went to the tomb that day. That's it. Nobody else went. And Mark said something else. That would be a contradiction. But he doesn't. Matthew simply brings out, perhaps Mary Magdalene eh, was in the, the, Mary's, the the two that told him the story. And so that's where he's focused on. But the point is, there is no uh, contradiction. They actually, one of the amazing things about the gospel accounts, all four of the gospel writers, uh, dealing with the resurrection, is that they, they actually complement each other in the accounts. By the way, that also, something else that just says, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but it also uh, tells us something about the... Uh, historical accuracy of this historical account. It tells us that nobody got together and just kind of invented this whole thing, which has been alleged. Some of y'all probably have heard that. It has been alleged. Oh, some uh, group of church guys got together and made this whole thing up. Okay, I've been around church guys. They're not that smart. But if, if a group of if, if a group of these original disciples or some group of guys or people or whatever got together and, and made this thing up and said, okay, well, let's see. How, how many days should we put him in the grave? Two. No, two's not long enough. How about how about, how about a week? No, that's way too long. How, three. Hey, let's take a vote. Three? Three? Okay, all in favor of three? No. If, if they had done that, here's what you would have found. You would have found that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's accounts would be absolutely identical. There would be absolutely no variance in the account at all. Because if you're going to make it up, you go sure going to make sure. You understand what I'm saying? So actually, the fact that they each bring out different aspects of what ex- they experienced and what happened that day is actually uh, strength for the position that this actually happened. But listen, can you imagine, let me just talk about this, can you just imagine the emotional roller coaster that these women were on that morning? I mean, they had... They had experienced really what must have been a mountaintop joyous uh, occasion of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem just a week before, you know, and they must have his follow, as his followers. They must have thought, "This is it! The people of Israel finally get it. They know who he is. They're 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 ha- calling out to him. He's going to be uh, he's going to be set up as king." And I mean, it just meant, it must have been a euphoric experience. And now, just a few days. Later, they have gone into the valley of absolute and utter despair as they have watched this man that they believe is the Messiah, the Savior, as they have watched him be arrested and falsely accused and beaten and spit upon and finally nailed to a cross. I'm telling you, their heads must have been swimming with, what is going on? How could this happen? Why did, why did Jesus let, just let them do this to him? What happens to us now? Is this the end of this whole thing? So many questions. There must have been so many questions swirling around in their heads. But there was one absolute inescapable conclusion. Jesus was dead. That they knew. He was dead. They were there when the Roman official pronounced him dead. They had held his lifeless body in their arms... They had followed Joseph of Arimathea as he had taken jesus body to joseph 's own tomb, a tomb that had never been used, took him to his own tomb to lay him there. They knew he was dead they had been preparing his body if you 're not familiar with the story they 're preparing his body it was it was part of Jewish custom, uh, maybe of that part of the world in general, but it was part of jewish custom to to wrap a body in in cloth and strips of cloth from what I understand, and to uh, place uh, spices on, on the body on, on, as it was being prepared. Mark 16 tells us that the women had, had gone to purchase spices that they were going to put on the body. Why? Because they expect to find a dead man there. And so uh, they had started that process on the day of his crucifixion. But, if you, if you know something about Jewish culture... Jewish culture forbid a Jew from touching a dead body on Passover. Passover was about to start that evening. That's why they couldn't finish what they were doing. And they must have felt terrible about it. That they couldn't even, they couldn't, in a sense, they couldn't even give Jesus the burial he deserved. But they couldn't finish it. And so this huge stone, this big rock, this, this, this picture of defeat is staring them right in the face. I think, Mar- I think it's Mark even tells us that as they make their way early that morning, maybe it's, maybe it's just beginning to be daylight. Maybe it's still a little little twilight or, or whatever, but they're, they're, they're up, they're making their way, they've got the spices, they're, they're going there. Uh, Mark even tells us that they, they question among themselves, uh, who, who are we going to get to move, move the stone forth? <laughs> they didn't know it yet, uh, but that was one they weren't going to have to worry about. But the point is, so I want you to understand that Those women, those followers of Jesus, went there that day absolutely with the belief. They went out there because they believed Jesus was dead. I'm not even going to go down. I just don't have time today to go down all the different theories that have been offered about, you know, maybe he didn't die. Maybe I've done that. I've dealt with some of that before and can point you to some of those messages. But the the fact is, they believed. That he was dead. Okay, second idea this morning was this. The angels brought out the truth that there was no dead man. That there was no dead man. Trying to get y'all riled up. I know it's a big room. I know that. Trying to get y'all riled up. Verse verse 2. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. Verse 5, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He's not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was, past tense, lying. The angel uh, came out to show that the truth that there was no dead man. Oh, now, there were, there were plenty of dead men in that graveyard, but not in that tomb. Not in that tomb. Uh, the, uh, the text says that uh, a severe earthquake occurred. A severe earthquake. Um, a, a pastor, uh, uh, Green, uh, Oliver Green, said, When Jesus awoke from the sleep of death, he shook the world. That's absolutely the truth severe earthquake, and, and the text says that he rolled the stone away. I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, but, you know, act like you've never heard it before. The angel didn't roll the stone away so that Jesus could get out. The angel rolled the stone away so the eyewitnesses could get in, so that they could see, so that they could see. Dead man walking here! Dead man walking! And I love the fact the text says, he doesn't just, he doesn't just roll it out of the way. He rolls it out of the way and sits on it. Now y'all gonna think I'm silly, I know, but I'm just saying. When I, was, when, I was, when I was working on this, I was just thinking that's just like that's just like the, the angel. It's almost like he's he's showing off what God has done. I mean, it's, it's, I'm just telling you. For me, he sits down on that that symbol of death, that finality. It's almost like he's saying, "In your face, death! What are you gonna do about it, demons?" Oh, devil, big talker three days ago. What you got to say now? Dead man walking here. And the world was changed as a result of it. Angel, hey, hey when, y'all, when y'all were kids, now maybe this is more of a guy thing, a boy thing, but when, when, you, were, when you were a kid, you, you ever get in a wrestling match with somebody? And maybe this is us older folks, because right, I don't even know if they still say this anymore. But you used to get, and you get in a wrestling match with somebody? What... Did the person who won, whether it was, whether it's the person who arrested them or whether it was you. I'm sure it was always you. But whoever was, was arrested, whoever, whoever won, you, 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 you pin the person's arms down. And do you remember Remember what you made them yell out? Do you remember? Uncle. Uncle! Y'all remember that? Young people are like, old people are so weird. They are so weird. Why would they make them yell Uncle! Actually, nobody even knows. I tried to look it up, but nobody really actually knows. There's all kinds of theories about it. But anyway, but that's what you did. You pinned them down and you made them say, Uncle! I'm telling you, Sunday morning, Jesus made death, the grave, hell, the devil, the sin curse. He made them all say, Uncle! No moss! <laughs> yeah, that's, and, that's, and, and then he said, Now, Angel, you just sit out here on that rock and you let anybody know it comes by who won this match. I'm just telling you, the angel came out to tell the truth that there was no dead man. There's none there. Now, uh, watch what happens. Move on to the the third one. (laughs) The guards fell out like a dead man. Because look what happens in in verse 4. It says, the guards shook for fear of him and became like, what's that? Dead Dead men. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The guards started shaking when the ground began to quaken because Jesus was awakened. And that's all I got. But it's, I, I was thinking about this. I mean, they, they absolutely are terrified at this, this idea. This angel that appears and this stone rolled away and this, this man coming up out of the tomb. And I was thinking about it. I was, okay, man, what, what would be... Have you ever been like um, somewhere where lightning struck really close to you? Like really close to you? Do you you remember? I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a uh, wimp. But have you ever been so close to lightning that it's just like you you couldn't even move. you just like, just froze. You just froze. I think that that must have been the case here. They just, I got a little little thing for you. I, I thought, isn't it ironic that alive men were guarding a dead man, and the dead man became an alive man, causing the alive men to become as dead men. Like, that's ironic. They became as dead men, they, they fell out. Uh, by the way, did you notice uh, back when we read in verse 5 uh, a few minutes ago, did, did you notice that the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid? You notice he said, Do not be afraid. Do you notice he doesn't say that to the guards? <laughs> do you know why? Listen, folks, I'm just going to tell you something uh hebrews uh, chapter 10 i think verse 31 says it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living god and all i'm saying to you is man you want to make sure you're on the right side of this thing that you know where you are in this thing so they fall out as dead men okay here we go uh let's look at the next one the lord came out to prove he wasn't a dead man here we go now we're getting down the lord came out to prove he wasn't a dead man y'all with me y'all ready The Lord came out to prove he wasn't a dead man. Women came out to see a dead man, right? Angel came out to tell the truth there wasn't a dead man. Guards fell out like a dead man. Jesus came out to prove there was no dead man. In verse 7, it says, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. I, you know, I, I thought about that, uh, that, that phrase there, you know. And I can kind of, have you had moments in your life that were both fearful and joyful? It must have been, I mean, because man, a, a man you thought was dead is now alive. It, 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 that somehow strikes this awesomeness in your heart of who this God is. And yet great joy to know that he is alive at the same time with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples and behold Jesus met them and greeted them and they came up and took a hold of his feet now listen the gospel writers are saying something to us here they're wanting us to understand something it's not a, it's not a mirage it's not a ghost they took a hold of him took a hold of his feet and worshiped him and then Jesus said to them do not be afraid go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Jesus knows that that there's going to be all different kinds of ideas about what happened to the body. He knows, as we'll look at in a minute, the devil had to practice damage control. He knew something had to be done. And you know what Jesus essentially is, is doing? He's proving that that he wasn't a dead man, that there was a dead man walking. And he's proving that what he came to do, his purpose for going to the cross, was fulfilled. Which was to provide redemption for your sin, for my sin. And he was proving that that was accomplished by coming back to life. Because somebody might say, well, lots of people have died for their belief system. Absolutely. One big difference, though. They're dead. They're still dead. And I've said it. I said this as I said to my neighbor. I'll say it Again. Everything rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If it didn't happen, Christianity comes crashing down like like a house of cards faster than Arnold Schwarzenegger's version of Apprentice. But if it did happen, and that's that's all I'm asking you to consider, if it did happen, then that changes everything. Jesus came out to prove that... He wasn't a dead man. He, in Matthew 28, the text we're looking at, in Mark 16 and John 20, he appears to the women at the tomb that morning. In Luke 24, he appears on the road to Emmaus to two more disciples later that day. In Matthew 28 and Mark 16, he appears to the disciples at the Sea of Galilee. In John, I think it's in chapter 20, he appears to the disciples in the room that they were hiding in that night. And and the coup de grace, 1 Corinthians fifteen six. maybe you've read this passage before, and after he appeared, after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. You know what he's doing? He's establishing the proof that he had risen from the dead, because you could say, and people have said, and there are still uh, people that would, that would in some way say, well, maybe it was some sort of. Hallucination. They were just so grieved, and they and they so wanted Jesus to be alive that they hallucinated and believed. Okay, you you might could pass that off on one or two or or Five hundred? some sort of mass. So I read one account where guys said, "Well, it maybe was some sort of mass hypnosis that that somebody." You, I, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now you can say, "Well, I guess I guess it, you just have to at some point look at what." the evidence would most likely bear out. And that was that there was a dead man walking, (laughs) that he was alive. Okay, let me go on, Uh, let me me go to the next one. devil found out that he was a dead man. Now, I know it's technically not correct to refer to the devil as a man. He's a fallen angel, he's a spiritual being, but he is a personal being. And look what happens in verse 11. He says, uh, now while they were on their way, some of the guards uh, came to the city and reported to the chief priests all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, well, you are to say that his disciples came by night and stole him away while uh, we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. Again, I'm not, I can't get into all of, the, all of the aspects of what it would take. This idea that disciples... There's so much we get into. The idea that the disciples would steal his body is... It, it truly is a ludicrous idea. But if you, if you don't want to believe in a supernatural, and that's what, you know, we, unapologetically, I'd say it's a supernatural event. A dead man comes back to life, it's a supernatural event. If you have a problem with supernatural, if you have a problem with miraculous, then you've got to come up with something. Because it's simply an established historical fact that Jesus of Nazareth existed in Palestine in the first century. That he got in trouble with the, with the Jewish officials. That he was put to death by the Romans. It's, it's an, I mean, you, you just, you have to ignore every uh, normal historical uh, evidence to, to drive at any conclusion that he existed. So so what you gotta do something with the the body is gone. The body is missing. You, you have to be able to figure out what happened to the body. So as I said a few moments ago the devil's in he's in he's in damage control. He, he's, he's, not, he's not a dumb guy. It doesn't take long for him to figure out that he uh, has been unsuccessful in keeping Jesus from completing God's redemptive plan. And he and he's smart enough to know what this means. I suspect he's smart enough to know what this means uh, for him. And and he knows that he's what he's attempted to do has failed miserably. Devil found out he was a dead man. He's not. It's not. It's not going to be good. Okay. Five. I think it's five. No, this is six. The disciples were sent out to tell dead men. This is the last one. The disciples sent out to tell dead men. Verse 16 It says, But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, this This reference in verse 17 to some doubting uh, this appearance could very well be uh, the the appearance of the 500 that Paul references that we looked at a moment ago in 1 Corinthians 15. Because I was thinking about this, the 11, they've already seen him on several different occasions. Uh, They're already convinced. But if you had a large crowd gathered, especially a crowd of that size where not everybody can get closer, there would be some doubt. Especially, or at least until you could get close enough to see this really was... Uh, Jesus in the flesh some uh, doubt it but in any event Jesus uh, gives them what has come to be known as the great commission if you've been around church more than five minutes you've probably heard that phrase the great commission oh the great commission we've got the great commission he says go now go uh, actually is not an imperative It's actually not a command you're not commanded to go if you're a follower of Jesus you're not commanded uh, to go It's a little rendering of it would be going. In other words, it's assumed that you are going. You are going to work tomorrow. Sorry. You're going to school. You're going to your neighbor's house. You're going here. You're going there. You're doing life. You are going. Actually, the only command, the only imperative in the text is make disciples. That's what you and I as followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's what you are commanded to do. You are going. You are going here. You are going there. You're interacting with, with Fred or Tom or Bob or, or Alice. Or J- you're, you're, you're interacting in their lives. You're, 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 work, you're doing your job. You're doing all this kind of... Whatever it is you're doing at school and all this stuff. Kind of, you are going. So, so now, as you're going, make other followers of me like you are a follower of me. That's actually the commandment. For those who were dead men to go and tell other dead men... That there's a dead man walking is not uh, meant to be offensive, but if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never uh, entered into a relationship with Him, and if you're not sure even what that means, if, if you know, oh, that guy's talking religious talk to me, I don't even know what that means. If you don't even know what that means, I'd love to talk to you about that and try and explain it a little better than I'm doing right now. But if you've never come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are the dead man or woman Walking. That's not meant to offend you in any way, but the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter two and verse uh, one, I think verse one says, "When you were dead and you were dead and you were dead in your trespasses and sins," he's writing to the church. He's he's writing to those who have who have come to know christ in a personal way and so they have moved from death into life but he's saying saying before you knew christ this this was your relationship now you're alive you're breathing you're in and out and you're walking around you're talking you're laughing and and you're going to go to lunch in a little while and eat a great meal you're you're alive physically but the word of god teaches us that that before we come into relationship with god through his son jesus christ we are dead spiritually we're separated from him and that makes us spiritually dead you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are separated from God personally. Now, let me tell you what that means. That means you cannot uh, experience His power in your life for the, I'm talking about for the stuff life throws at you. Life ever throw you all any stuff? You cannot experience His power. You cannot know His peace. You cannot uh, experience His, His joy, His presence with you. Because you're separated from God. You've you've broken his law. Don't get offended. We all have. And so you are separated from God personally. And that means you cannot experience God practically. And listen, not only if you don't know Christ, you're saved. Not only are you separated from him personally, uh, but if if you don't know him and you die, you'll be separated from God permanently. I'm sorry. uh, Especially those of you, if if you have a, a... a Catholic background, which I think is still part of the teaching of the Catholic Church. But there is no biblical evidence whatsoever of a second chance on the other side of death. There is no biblical evidence of a purgatory where you hopefully can work your way into heaven at some point or somebody can give enough money so you can get out of that place and go up there where everything's shiny. You and I have this moment. We have this life. We have have this time. Where we have an opportunity to know him in a real and personal way. To experience him personally and to know that our sins are forgiven and to be in a relationship with him permanently for all of eternity. That's what the word of God teaches. And I'm just saying, if what you believe weren't true, would you want to know? If there was something else that actually was true, would you want to know? In uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible tells us that all, all of us have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of God's glorious standard. And it goes on to say in that same book of Romans. In chapter 6 and verse 23. That the payment of that sin. Is say it. It's death. But the gift of God. The free gift of God. Is life forever in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. And uh, again in, in Ephesians. In chapter 2. Let me, let me just give you this. The Apostle Paul who was a non-believer. He was a. Uh, orthodox Jew he was a Pharisee he was a religious leader Uh, he was an opponent of Christianity he he was throwing them in jail and stripping them of their rights and doing all he could before he came to recognize and realize that what he believed wasn't true and he came to know Christ as Savior here's what he said he said in the past you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God yes in the past you lived the way the world lives following the ruler of the evil powers that are above the earth. That same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God. It just means means refusing to do life the way God has said, this is the best life you can have. Here's what I want to give you. In the past, all of us lived like them, trying to please our sinful selves, the things our bodies and minds wanted. We should have suffered God's anger because we were sinful by nature. And that's true, by the way. You're sinful by nature. Because of the sin curse? You don't have. You have children. If you have children, do you have to teach them to be selfish? You have to teach them to. You understand what I'm saying? There's this. We were sinful by nature. We were the same as all other people, but God's mercy is, say it, great. Great. And He loved us very much, and though we were spiritually dead because of things we did against God, He gave us new life with Christ. You've been saved. By his grace. The invitation is, is there. We have this moment. We have this life. We don't even have the promise of tomorrow, probably for most of us, but we have this moment. Jesus said, No man takes my life. I, I lay it down, I give it freely. He willingly did this for you, for me. I, I don't know where you are in your relationship with God or not a relationship with God. I don't know where you are in your whole uh, system of belief. Uh, but I'm challenging you today to think about if it's possible that what you believed were not true, would you want to know? And if you weren't certain, if you leave and say, well, I still don't know whether what I believe is true or not, then wouldn't you at least be willing to investigate it and say, well, I need to dig into this a little more. What are some of that stuff that he's talking about? What is some more of those evidences that, that he really did die on that cross and really did rise from the dead? And And how do we know we can trust these books that are called the Bible and and wouldn't you at least be willing to investigate it? Because if what you believe weren't true, if what I believe weren't true, I'd, I'd want to know.
0: Thanks, Pastor. In a world that is growing increasingly dangerous and uncertain, followers of Jesus Christ can rely on the certainty of the resurrection and what it means for our lives. Death was forever conquered the day the stone was rolled away. What about you? Have you discovered the reality of the empty tomb for your life? Jesus' death and resurrection provided and then proved that His sacrifice was sufficient payment for our sins. Death need not be feared when you have Jesus as your Savior. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk.
1: getting
0: Week online for another crosswalk message. God has invited us to know him through his word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of Cross Culture Worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540 Exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. I'm
1: not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place.
0: Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.